Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to each and every one of you. Welcome to Leadership Insights with me, Prashant. Aap sabko mera pyar bara namaskar. As always, I would like to start by saying thank you to each and every one of you for the love and support that you're giving me and you're giving this show. Especially thank you to those people who are reaching out with feedback and comments on how we can do things better, what's working, what's not working. So thank you so much for doing that. Now, continuing our journey, or bringing in some interesting perspectives of leadership on this show we have another amazing guest with us today our guest is an accomplished business leader with over 30 years of experience in managing and coaching young leaders and getting things done by delivering strategic customer experience initiatives driving operations excellence and reimagining products and services in airline and airport business he has worked with top 2 airlines in the world singapore airlines and qatar airways and with jet airways in india currently he is the chief operating officer of bangalore international airport limited working overseas and managing multiple cultural teams in united states russia india middle east europe and asia pacific has given him extensive hands on experience in customer service and customer service innovation and also in operations management business strategy sales marketing human resources and financial administration so he's someone with a lot of experience and very diverse experience now that's the highlight he's also very passionate about coaching and mentoring young leaders of today and that's one of the big reasons for him to be on this show today because he wants to add value and he's very passionate about it so without any further delay let's welcome our today's guest mr jairaj shanmugam hi jairaj very good morning welcome thank to the show good morning to you and good afternoon here in singapore Yes. <laughs> good afternoon. How are you doing? I I'm good. I'm good. Um like I mentioned to you a couple of days ago, I came to Singapore on the Friday morning and um so yesterday I took a break. I haven't seen my family for about 2 years. Since <laughs> okay. the pandemic uh, broke out in uh, oh, yeah. March 2020, I've not been home. So finally after 2 years, I I came back home uh, yesterday. So it's good to be home and it's good to be great to be on your show as well. Thank you Thank so you. much. I'm glad you're back home. Uh, two years is a very long gap to not see your loved ones uh, physically, and right. I, I'm sure it must be overwhelming in many ways for everyone in the family to get together after two years. Uh, but the good news is things are getting better. It yes. seems like we are at the endemic stage, hopefully, and things are looking much better. Right. So uh coming back to the show Jairaj thank you so much for being here and uh, you know when I spoke to you first when I requested you to be on the show uh one thing that you said you know which which was in my mind and continues to be in my mind is that you know you want to be anywhere and everywhere where you can add value and that's something that you're very passionate about and something that you even told me today that you know you don't want to keep your knowledge your experience your learnings with you you want to actually pass it forward so that the world can be a better place there are people who can learn from it their lives get better and uh, you know it serves everybody so thank you so much for having that kind of a thought process and uh, with 30 plus years of experience moving through different levels of hierarchy and now being in leadership positions top positions also for a few years uh, you know there's something that comes into my mind and i always think that you know if leaders who go through so many years of experience can they encapsulate their learnings of leadership in a capsule you know can you just as a concept can you just tell us that okay prashant 30 plus years of experience this is how i can put across my learnings in a capsule is that possible oh, okay thank you very much um, prashant um, 
before I even get to that, um, my learnings and what I can encapsulate 30 years of learning. Uh, for those of you all not familiar with me, I'm from Singapore. I was born in Singapore and I've been working overseas for the last 25 years. So if you think or rather you find my accent a bit different from what you're used to in India, that's because it's a very Singaporean accent. I was born there. I grew up there. I studied there. I got married and I, I worked as an army officer for about six years. And then I joined Singapore Airlines and went overseas from 1995. And um, India is the eighth country that I've been working. So wide experience of uh, management, especially managing people across all cultures. And if I have to encapsulate uh, my experience, I would put them into an acronym called SOAR. S-O-A-R. SOAR like an eagle. Hmm. Why do I uh, use that? Because it's all about flying high. It's about growing in your careers. It's about personal development. So what does SOAR actually stand for? First is, S is for service-mindedness. Because I was in customer experience for the longest time, customer experience and operations, and also customer-focused, that everyone around me became a customer. Hmm. And it's not only my paying customer, my colleagues became my customer, my bosses became my customer. And the people who work with me across, even my family members became my customer. So when you have this customer service uh, mindset, the service mm -hmm. mindedness, if you can apply whatever you do for a customer, to your internal customers, to people around you, you find mm -hmm. that you are able to be effective in getting things done. Mm -hmm. Because um, everybody loves a very good customer service provider. Yes. So... When I apply that mindset, so you see a lot of my work will be very customer focused. So if a colleague um, sends me a message, I reply to them almost immediately. Why? Because when a customer asks you something, you reply to them almost immediately. Mm. Similarly with my bosses, uh, when I'm dealing with my bosses, uh, I don't keep them guessing. Uh, I make sure that they are always informed of what's happening. And when people interact with me, I always say, if that person was a customer, how would I go the extra mile for them? Mm. If I see somebody needs help, I will go out of my way and help. And that, I've woven that into my um, leadership style of mm. being very service-minded. And that's how I get along well with people. So over the 30 years of customer experience, somehow the service-mindedness has mm. gone into my DNA. And that also is in my style. In fact, when I spoke to you, you asked me about this um, program. I'm shy of the camera. Yes, for all my accomplishments, for all my writings, I am shy of the camera. And uh, I told you, that, look, I'm not very comfortable doing it, right? Um, then you told me, look, it's meant for your audience to learn about leadership, personal development. Mm -hmm. And then I saw your audience as my customer. Now, if my customer wants me to talk to them and explain to them a problem and an issue, I will do that. So I put on my customer service hat again, and here I am mm -hmm. speaking to you. So the first S is about service-mindedness. Second Wonderful. one is... Jaira, so Jaira, sorry to interrupt. Before you move forward, you know, the thoughts running in my mind right now are that uh, there are a lot of conversations that happen uh, in organizations where the confusion or the discussion happens about should we put people first, should we put customer first? Now, what's running in my mind is with this thought process that you have, where everybody is a customer, be it your people, be it your family, be it your peers, your seniors, your juniors, your stakeholders, anybody. When you have this service mindset, which means you look at everybody as a customer, 
that confusion disappears. That's yes. what I'm thinking right now. That now it's not about people first or customer first. Everybody is a customer. So it actually merges customers and people and service becomes my way of being. So whoever it is, I will serve them the same way. It does mm -hmm. not matter who you are. Now yes. that makes things so easy. I right. don't have to complicate myself that, okay, is this a customer? Is this a stakeholder? Is it a senior? Is it a junior? This is who I am as Jairaj and my service mindset tells me to be this way with anybody and everybody. That simplifies things. So that's that's a very interesting point that you made, Jairaj. Yes. And, and there's no hypocrisy, right? Because um, yeah. what you see is what you get. Yeah. I, I give a little example. A um, couple of years ago, I had a good friend of mine. We are very good friends. been friends for years and... Um, we went to a restaurant. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I'm very polite to the service staff. I'm very polite to frontline staff because I came from a frontline. Uh, when I started in Singapore Airlines, um, I had to learn check-in at a check-in counter. I became a duty manager. Then I became an airport manager. So I understand what it takes to be at the frontline. Mm -hmm. So I'm very respectful of frontline staff, um, frontline service staff. I'm always polite. I, I address them my name if they have a name tag. So um, so she, she made a mistake. Uh, right? And my friend started firing her. I stopped him. I said, you can't do that. Uh, I said, no, Jairaj, these people are need to be fired and all that. Uh, needless to say, from that day onwards, we are no longer friends. Because I cannot accept that you be nice to me and not nice to somebody else. Mm. I cannot accept that. That's hypocrisy for me. Mm. If you are a customer service person, you have a customer service mindedness, um, you have to be um, pleasant to everyone you meet. You have to be mm. nice. You cannot be mean to people. It, it's mm. just not you. So all mm. this switching on and switching off, um, I can't do that. Or rather, like I said, it became so part of my uh, DNA that I can't just switch on and switch off. Mm. I, everybody I see is a customer for me. <laughs> right? So I have this tendency to see things from other person's point of view. And mm. so, going back to organizations, there's no such thing as an external customer, internal customer. Very mm. often, what happens is that uh, people... Um, draw a distinction, uh, customer comes first. But hey, who is this customer? Imagine in an organization, everybody treats themselves as uh, customers, internal mm -hmm. customer service. So customer first means, even if a person who's several um, rungs below you sends you a message, mm -hmm. you still reply to them, no? You know, I get irritated by um, people who only reply when a bosses uh, send a mail mm -hmm. or when you see a certain name. Let's say, Jira sends a mail, um, they will reply on time. Um, Jairaj, uh, manager sends a mail. They'll take their two, three days to reply. Uh, that's the kind of attitude that I put a stop to wherever I work. I make mm. it very clear, guys. My colleague who's talking to you is as important as I am. Because they're also trying to get a job done, no? Absolutely. They're also trying to get a job done. They're also trying to make a living. They're also trying to excel at what they do. Absolutely. Uh, so every one of us treat each other as customers. And don't have this thing about hierarchy, grades, titles. Uh, the organization will be very successful in really delivering the level of service and excellence that the external customers uh, expect. Absolutely. So S for you, the S of saw. Yes. In case people join later, um, Prashana asked me to encapsulate my 30 years of working experience into a, some short um, um, concept. So I'm talking about saw, S-O-A-R. First one, service. Second is ownership. Uh, think like an owner. You see, when you think like an owner, when you take ownership of issues, uh, you find that um, your whole mindset changes about your work. Yes, you may end up doing extra work, but your bosses will notice 
your efforts. When you mm. say think like an owner, what does it mean? Think like an owner means owners don't say that's not my job. Mm. Owners don't say things like um, that's not my department. You please talk to the other department. Owners don't say things like um, um, forget about it. If it doesn't um, forget about it, it's not my job. Uh, let somebody worry about it. They mm. will never speak like that. So. I am a firm believer, or rather, I've been very much influenced by uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. I started that program in 1999, and that stuck with me. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People stuck with me. And I consciously applied everything that he, he uh, I read, or I, and I've done his program since, since then, and I applied all seven habits. right? And I think if I'm effective today, or rather, if people think I'm effective today, it's because of Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And mm. one of them is taking ownership. When I was in Singapore Airlines back in the 1990s, we had this program called Transforming Customer Service. Mm. One of the key pillars of that uh, project, or rather that um, uh, campaign was taking ownership of the customer. Taking ownership of the customer means if a customer comes to you as a problem, with a problem, you don't go and send them check the person or you call my um, hotline or you write it they will try to own the problem mm. and then resolve it mm. and that stuck in my mind for years about taking ownership of a problem so mm. as a leader as a leader or even if you're, if you're an executive listening to me now uh, if you're up and coming executive you want to stand out at work um, you want to uh, make sure your bosses notice you don't say things like that's not my job mm. or that's not my kpi right if something needs to be fixed, you see something is wrong, you take ownership and fix it. Mm. Right? Maybe, look, somebody may not notice it. Um, you may not get the rewards today because your bosses didn't really notice it. But it doesn't matter. When you start doing it, when you start doing it, it becomes part of your life. It becomes part mm. of your DNA. People will notice that you mm. are different. You're thinking like an owner. You're taking ownership of an issue, of a problem in the company or a problem of a customer. And when you make that part of your DNA, that grows on you. And that, I this always I tell my colleagues, your work is a statement about you. What is that you want people to say about you when you leave the company? Would you want you to say she's a damn great uh, leader or he's a damn good administrator? Or do you want them to say the guy is useless? Mm. Um, he always shirks duty. Given extra work, he got some excuse. Or... He doesn't really care. What is that you want people to say about you? Mm. And one of the things that I want people to say about me is the quality of my work. And that's how I put in the effort to think like an owner. And I would urge people to think like an owner. I've written an article on thinking like an owner in one of my newsletters and um, posts on LinkedIn. You can have a look. I've uh, sure. outlined three or four things that you can actually do to think like an owner. Sure. So can that I move sounds interesting. Sorry. <laughs> can I move on to the next one? <laughs> yes, yes, you definitely can. Next but one is A. Uh, next uh, part of the saw is A. Interesting. Yeah. A is yeah. action. Okay, mm -hmm. now, everybody can talk. I can talk. You can talk. We all can talk. But mm. very few people can take action and get things done. Be mm. seen to be taking action. And that's what I do. Um, I always get things done. Um, I'm very much um, task-oriented. That means if you give me a job to do, I get it done. And, mm. and you know something? As a leader, I'm telling you now, 
uh, I don't have all the answers to all the questions. And that has always been my attitude. I don't have the answers to all the questions. Um, many years ago, I, I went for an interview. So I was moving from um, my aviation business to another industry altogether. So the person asked me the typical question, um, you are from this industry and um, you're coming to our new industry. Uh, how will you cope? How will you know? What do you know about the um, industry? So my answer was, if you ask me to build a rocket, I will tell you, I don't know how to do it. But what is my strength? Mm -hmm. I'm able to find the best rocket builders around. I'm able to mold them into a team and I'm able to deliver that rocket. That's mm -hmm. what my strength is. It's not about whether I know how to build a rocket, but whether I'm able to motivate people, I'm able to build a team, I'm able to coach and mentor people to give the best output. And mm. that's what I think you're looking for in a leader. Absolutely. I got a job. Okay, so it is not about domain knowledge. It is not about whether you know stuff or not. It's about how we manage people. It all comes mm. down to managing people and letting them, teaching them how to take action. Mm. Because at the end of the day, um, Words are cheap, deeds are dear. Hmm. Always remember that. And, um, and if you want to understand what this is, um, the acronym is WAC ADAPT. WAC, W-A-C-D-A-D. Words are cheap, deeds are dear. Right? Nice. Always remember, uh, you're judged for your output, you're judged for the actions you take, and hmm. the completion of tasks. Not for hmm. what you say you'll do. It's what hmm. you will get things done. So that the third part of my um, experience I've learned. Final one is the art, which I think is more important, is the most important of what I've, whatever I've said so far, is about relationships. No matter mm. what business you, you are in, whether you're in telecoms business, whether you're in engineering business, whether you're aviation, transport, logistics, whatever it is, always remember it is first and foremost a people business. Mm. Relationship building with your peers. Relationship building with your bosses, relationship building with the person below you, it's um, very important. Mm. Everyone around you is working to make things happen. Sure, when we become leaders, when we become bosses, we think the world revolves around us. Mm. Uh, believe me, many of us know, and we leaders know, and I'm telling you the secret, we know that if we are removed, uh, we can be replaced by another person. Many of the people who are doing the work on the ground around you, I'm telling you, if you remove them, there will some uh, screw up <laughs> in the operations. Mm. Okay, so we have to understand that relationship building is very important. People must work for you because they want to work for you, not because you're a boss. People must work. And I will make an effort because I want people to listen to what I have to say because it is the right thing to do, not mm. because I said so, not because yeah. the chief operating officer or chief commercial officer said so. Because... Mm. Jiraj said so, and Jiraj convinced me that it's the right thing to do. Mm. So always remember, it is about right thing to do, not because of bosses and all that. Because bosses come and go. Mm. But the attitude of uh, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do is what's important. So I build a lot of relationships, um, people across. I walk around, most recently, you've seen my um, article or rather my post on managing by walking around. Yes, I did. I walk around a lot, I stop, I chat with people, I, I point out things on the ground, I say perhaps this can be done better. Um, I try to stay clear from having formal meetings. 
Uh, for hmm. me, I meeting this morning, half an hour, I get tired. <laughs> right? But I love walking around, getting groups with people and just telling them uh, things and chatting with them because nice. informally, people open up. Hmm. People open up uh, informally. Formally, call a meeting. Uh, most likely, people will not open up because in a meeting, everybody tries to be politically correct hmm. or don't really say what's on their mind because others are around. But I always advise so. That, that is why I, as a philosophy that's my work habit i walk around and i picked this up when i was in the army um, i was in the army over 30 years ago when i was second lieutenant in the army and i was running a platoon of 30 people and these 13 people they were called private soldiers uh, not very well educated sometimes speak they don't understand english this was in singapore back in singapore so a lot of them spoke chinese so i had to pick up a bit of hokkien which is chinese uh, dialect just to communicate with them but one of the things I learned um, about being a second um, lieutenant young officer of 21 years old then is that if I want them to train them how to shoot at something, let's say a target, I can't just say um, there's a target in front of you, shoot. Mm. But what I do is that I have to lie down beside them. We call it a prone position. I have to look at their rifle and look through what they are looking at. I say, look, can you see what you're looking at? I say, yes, you aim for that. All you got to do is just aim for that. And once you, whenever, enemy you hit a target next one comes out in the same area you just aim for that so we actually prone down lie down with the uh, soldier look at what they're looking and teach them and that mm. has, has become part of my own uh, style is that mm. i make it a part to go down and teach people on the ground what i've learned mm. and i mentioned earlier before um i want to teach people because um even before we joined the show, uh, I was talking about it's a very paternalistic way of uh, doing things. Um, why? Because um, I've been taught by a mentor, Mr. Rajasekaran on Singapore Airlines. That's how he taught me. And I was very impressed by him. I was very um, influenced by him. So I have this paternalistic uh, view about my colleagues that uh, I want them to prosper. I want them to do well. Uh, so I teach a lot. I mentor and I coach. And that's relationship building as well. So, S-O-A-R, so yeah. if you fly high, have a service-mindedness towards your own colleagues and everybody around you. Hmm. Take ownership of your work. Think like an owner. Take action. Get things done. Hmm. If you notice, get things done. Finally, relationship building. Everybody matters. Respect everyone. Let me give you a little story that perhaps your audience may not have heard. Uh, Many years ago, some I think back in the 2000s, Singapore Airlines used to have a flight between Singapore and um, Manchester. Right? It's a 13 hours flight. So when the flight goes to Manchester, what they do is several um, uh, activities happen to clean up the aircraft, to reload the uh, cargo, catering, and to clear the sewage. What happens in the 13 hours flight? All the toilets will be full, the sewage uh, container will be full, uh, tank, sewage tank will be full. Somebody goes there and clears sewage and all that, and um, the aircraft ready to go for the next trip back. So the aircraft left from Manchester back to Singapore. On the way, it it um, diverted to Kolkata. Why? Because while flying, there were nine toilets on the flight, on the aircraft, and six were choked even before it reached Singapore. And there's no way the flight can continue to uh, Singapore with all the three, at least three toilets working. Because we have in the airline industry certain standards. If you've got nine toilets um, on board, at least uh, five should be in working condition before the aircraft is declared to be able to travel on that long 13-hour sector. Okay. Uh, very interesting, um, very interesting um, 
industry believe me yes, yes. <laughs> i'm sure it is i so we know uh, if, if the aircraft is um, 6 dollars out the aircraft not going to go anywhere we have to fix it before it goes so it okay. landed in kolkata and uh, was uh, we fixed it we had to clear it and then aircraft was there for 5 hours and then it went back to singapore in that 5 hours there were a lot of uh, monetary uh, loss as well and uh, people miss their connections people miss their weddings and people mm. complaining about how can a world class airline have a um, this problem and all that yeah it happens so um, operations happen but some recover better than others um, so when we investigated we found that the person who was clearing the uh, sewage tank didn't do a thorough job he or she uh, did not do a thorough job so failed to clear the tanks out of manchester so when he went back uh, on the return journey uh, toilets are choked because new passengers are using it and mm-hmm. he had to divert now you may think that person's job is only to clear the shit mm. you see how important the job is yeah If people don't do their job properly no matter how small the job is in an operations uh, environment it can mm. cause problems mm. and this one of the lessons i tell all my team members don't underestimate anybody's contribution to your business mm. everybody respect uh, teach everybody coach and mentor them so they can be better at their jobs mm. this is just an example of relationship building and understanding the entire thing about so and how to fly high i hope there was a, <laughs> yes, able it, to, it was uh, definitely helpful absolutely a very beautiful concept and you know what i liked about this concept was that it's very holistic in nature it's not just focusing on one element if we look at it everything falls in it service mindedness is something that you can adopt across throughout your life you know across areas of your life then you look at ownership is something that you can apply across all areas of your life if you look at action orientation you can apply it across all areas of your life then you look at relationship so when when we are talking about leadership we are also talking about leadership as a way of being uh, in your life so that the element of hypocrisy that you spoke about earlier does not have a place because that's who you become as a person so it shows up wherever you are you don't have to change roles or shift between identities because of where you are and who you are dealing with and that makes things much easier for you and yes. this story that you just mentioned a uh, very interesting thing that you know you said in the end was that no job is small enough which means as leaders it's important for us to look at everybody equally respective of them doing however small a job it is in our eyes because mm-hmm. for them they're doing a job that is important to them that's paying their salaries or that's running their homes so we need to treat their job as respect and we need to treat those people with respect while doing that we also need to make them feel that their job is very important irrespective of somebody just cleaning shit you have to make them feel that you're doing something extremely important you need to appreciate what they are doing you need to acknowledge what they are doing because a lot of times people doing these kind of jobs which we look at as small also don't get appreciated and recognized for what they are doing so they also start looking at their job as a very small thing that you know what am i doing like what big deal there is a plane there is a pilot there are air hostesses there are engineers there are like what is my job i am coming and getting shit clean but if the leader of that person actually acknowledges and recognizes that person saying that great job done because of what you did right this flight can safely travel to 13 you know hours flight and 300 500 people can meet their 300 500 families safely on time they can attend whatever they're going for because you did your job right so thank you for doing that yeah. now that yeah. is powerful right if if yeah. it is powerful right you you have the gift as a leader i mean this is a topic about leadership insights as a leader you must give a sense of purpose to your team mm-hmm. members 
another example um, in i mean bangla airport and bangla airport is known for having very clean toilets and um, um, you know a very um, full full um, emphasis on hygiene and sanitization absolutely so when i first took over as the chief operating officer and i met all the cleaners of the toilets uh, firstly i thank them for keeping these toilets very clean because uh, whether you like it or not this is the most important thing for a passenger when it comes to the airport why absolutely. because is look at where airport is where the airport is and uh, somebody who leaves their house uh, say somewhere from uh, whitefield uh, it takes an hour to get to the airport and if they want to go to the toilet they need to hold it until they get to the airport and the yeah. first thing they want is to go into uh, the toilet and they go into a toilet and see wow wow what a clean toilet what a nice mm-hmm. toilet uh, that creates an impression and that Absolutely. is i said all down to every one of you yeah you are helping us to maintain an image of a company it's not about how fast you check in how the first impression is always the best impression Absolutely. so i told them thank you for what you are doing and how important you are to create the best first impression and i i would recommend all leaders i would like to advise all leaders give everyone a sense of purpose go down to the mm. ground give them a sense of purpose why they are doing what they are doing and how mm. are they um um improving or rather the uh, contributing to that reputation of that brand absolutely um, that's something that i advise a lot and um i'll like to share on this show as well thank you thank you and i think soar as a concept is really important everyone who's listening to us right now or if you watch the recording later uh you know think about it with depth that you know what each element of soar from service mindedness ownership action orientation and relationship could mean and how can you apply it on yourself first before applying it on other people think about it how can you apply it on yourself as a person you may not necessarily be in a leadership role apply it as a person on yourself be a leader or not be a leader and see how you will become a leader is irrespective of you having that position or designation or not mm-hmm. now uh, that's very interesting and you know one thing that came into my mind i heard it somewhere was that if you go to somebody's house and you know everybody is trying to impress guests that you know mm-hmm. we have a clean house so everybody everything mm-hmm. is decked up you know the hall the living room everything but if you actually want to know the reality of that person as soon as you enter just excuse yourself and say you know can i use your toilet <laughs> that is the time when you will actually get to know how how they really are or how they really live uh, as people before you actually came in as a guest so uh, thank you for sharing that story uh, jairaj now moving forward uh, and you know there is so much experience that you carry especially the diversity in your experience Uh, where you have worked in eight different countries and you worked for so many years so there are so many people that you have dealt with or different cultures genders ways of being ways of living now uh, i have a question in my mind uh, on that before we do that uh, quickly acknowledging few comments that are coming our way uh, to see what people are saying uh, there's a festival in india uh, that we have today it's called basant panchmi so yes uh, happy basant panchmi to everybody uh, thank you uh monalisa says in 15 years if 15 years earlier somebody had asked you what is leadership what would your answer be no uh, same for me uh, yes not changed like i mentioned i became a leader as an army officer at the age of 21 it's about taking care of those under you making sure that they are better than when you first found them and that's always been my uh, definition leadership is caring for the people around you and caring mm-hmm. can be anything can be anything taking care of them or making sure that they become professionals or um, I mean, today over the years we have a lot of concepts right uh, empathy um, ei um, transactional analysis there are a lot of theories uh, about um, 
leadership, a lot of theories about man management. Basically, my leadership, um, or rather, what I believe is that treat others the way that you would like to be treated. Mm. If you don't like somebody shouting at you because you made a mistake, and all none of us like, right? So you don't do that. Yes. And that for me is how um, you build, uh, grow up to be a leader that everybody wants to uh, emulate. Everybody, because why are we so mean and nasty to our fellow uh, people? Sometimes mm -hmm. you know, we, are, we are stressed, you are pressured. A couple of days ago, I was doing some um, evaluation, some psychological evaluation. I know, a couple of, sorry, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and one of the things was that they asked me, um, do you get stressed? Do you get pressured? Do you um, uh, feel stressed and start throwing um, tantrums? I say, people who work with me, I say, you can do a reference check. You can, all the way of people who work with me, they all will tell you that I, nothing phases me. Hmm. Um, I don't throw tantrums. I don't get angry. Look, where I come, where I came from, and where I am today, the number of pressure, the number of stress that I had to uh, go through is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, before I joined Bangalore Airport, I was working in Jet Airways as a chief commercial officer, and you all know Jet Airways uh, closed down. The last three months before the airline finally closed down was probably the toughest time of my leader, entire leadership journey. Hmm. It was really tough, high pressure, but that's uh, a chat for another solution, another day, right? But I was did not let that affect me because what happens is that when you as a leader, when you show pressure, you find that you, you show you stress and it overcomes you, your people below you will lose confidence in you. Mm -hmm. Other day be shaken. They yeah. will be shaken if you show um, um, that you've been affected by the pressure. Mm. So, coming back to your question, so a long answer to a nice question. What is leadership 15 years ago? What is leadership today? Nothing changes. You treat people the way that you like to be treated. And you always care for the people. Not only uh, you are leading, but everyone around you. Leadership mm. is about being a good human being, effective human being, and getting things done. Great. Super. We have certain few questions around diversity. I think we'll take them uh, once we uh, handle and you know talk about this question that I have for you next. Now we are talking about your diverse experiences that you have over the years across countries, across cultures, and all kind of people. So my question to you, Jairaj, is that you know a lot of organizations face a lot of challenges when it comes to building a diverse workforce, and uh, more than that, the challenge is in actually bringing in the inclusivity in that diverse workforce, right? So in my announcement video yesterday, I did set this expectation that we will be talking about diversity and inclusion today. So because of your experience that you carry, uh, my question to you is, uh, first, what are your thoughts on diversity and inclusion? And second, uh, how do we build an inclusive culture along with diversity? Yeah. So thank you very much. Um, I truly believe in diversity and inclusivity in my work, in my dealings uh, with people. But I wasn't always like this. Let mm. me be. Let, let me. Uh, let me be very uh, clear. Um, if you go back 30 years, when after I, I finished my army, I was about 28, 29 years old. Um, I, I was like everybody else. No, these um, things about biasness or uh, because when you when you growing up, uh, a lot of us pick up our biasness, prejudiceness. Uh, pre Prejudice is not such a word. <laughs> not sure. But it makes sense. Yeah, prejudice, <laughs> yeah, bias about certain people, certain uh, type of people, certain um, preference. Because from our parents, we get that from our parents actually. Mm. Right? Uh, if, if your parents say, um, um, 
uh, criticizes somebody of color, hmm. uh, you pick it up because yeah. we we forget that uh, as parents uh, we actually influence our children. Hmm. So my influence like that, right? Uh, so, so I had certain um, um, uh, preconceptions about certain people, or if hmm. somebody um, doesn't work hard, we immediately call them lazy. Hmm. But no, they're not working hard because they choose not to, or rather hmm. they're happy with the out- output. Hmm. Right? Or today we'll say uh, the guy is conserving energy. Yeah. <laughs> lazy. That the, the person is conserving energy. So yes. but it wasn't like that. But when I, uh, my first posting was to San Francisco back in 1995. Hmm. Um, I went to San Francisco and uh, I came from a very conservative island called Singapore. This one talking about 90s. So those of y'all went to Singapore recently in the last couple of years, the Singapore I grew up was in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s. It was a very different Singapore, right? Today, it's a modern society. It wasn't so like that. Came from a very conservative uh, country and all that. So when I went there, I I, I saw a lot of, uh, say, homosexuals, right? Mm. And I, I, because of my background and all that, so somehow I had this um, barrier with it and I saw mm-hmm. it uh, differently. But over the course of the years, over the course of meeting people who are different from me, I realized the color of your skin, your gender, the color of the passport, the, the language you speak, doesn't really mm. matter. People are the same wherever we go. They have the same level of motivations, the same level of angst, mm. their anxieties are the same as you and me. Uh, there's no difference. So we, I learned that we should not judge people because they are different from us. Mm. Just because somebody is different from us doesn't make them weird. So certain words, toxic words, I've removed from my vocabulary. So I don't call people um, weird. The person is strange. Um, mm. so I consciously started removing toxic words from mm. my uh, vocabulary. And also I was helped by my son. Of course, my son, as he's growing up, he corrected me along the way as well. No, but you cannot say that. Not certain comments, because certain things... Because our, our own childhood experiences, mm-hmm. think, no, Appa, you cannot say that. That's not right. So, And now I've come to a stage where I realize that um, we should not discriminate uh, our fellow human beings because they're different from us. Mm. Right? Um, we shouldn't judge uh, people because we don't know the journey that they are traveling on. So in the last... 15, 20 years, because of my overseas uh, working experience, I worked with the Russians, I, I was in Moscow. I, I remember when I was posted to Moscow, um, Russia, my mother told me, I'm not happy about you going to Russia, taking out this job. I said, why, Ma? Um, she said, no, the Russians and all that, all the things about Russians she was complaining. No? And I said, where did you hear about all this? You, know, you can see in the movies, no? Mm. The Hollywood movie, the tuck is a Russian tuck, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, perceptions formed. Mm. But when I went there to um, Moscow, believe it or not, I found them to be warm. I found them to be kind. I found them to be nice. I was there for almost three years, after the Russians and all that. And you know what? They're more they're as Asian as us, as can imagine. Why? Um, Russia covers eight time zones. So they have the, the Asian part of Russia. They have the European part of Russia. When I first went there, they um, asked, asked me, what's your name? So usually for... Friends, I, I say my name is Raj. I shortened my name to Raj. What they say, Raj? Oh, I know Raj Kapoor. They say, I say, which Raj Kapoor? I remember the movie Meranam Joker and Sangam. Uh, I say, you watch uh, Hindi movies? Yeah, plenty. He says, when they were growing up during, Russia, uh, during communist time, 
the only movies they were allowed to watch were hindi movies dubbed in russian all right so they understood the indian culture they under emotions they understood the concept of family they mm. were more they were as asian as i was but imagine before i went there before i saw them um, it's always like what the i've read about them in the media about their behavior or whatever this mm-hmm. communism is that because um, we have been uh, conditioned that what we read or what people have told us but i went there and i actually saw for myself uh, it was different and similarly with all the other places i worked in auckland new zealand i worked in uh, zurich in switzerland um, i worked in qatar where i managed over 60 nationalities and that's the thinking that i carried forward that everybody is the same mm. look different from you it may sound different from you uh, but believe me they are the same and once you have that mentality you must be fair uh for them do not judge anybody by their preferences uh, whether it's sexual whether it's a gender uh, whether their disabilities um you you have no right to judge you as a person have no right to judge you as a leader have no right to judge somebody mm. else right and one thing i've learned is that i'm not perfect the mm. hell am i to judge somebody saying that the person is not great or the person mm. is different right so when we had a conversation last week i told you right um i don't think that uh I'm perfect. I don't think I'm God's gift to uh, the industry and thing like that. I'm as simple and as ordinary as anybody else. So mm-hmm. I've learned not to judge. I learned not to um, um, see people for um, based on what their preferences are, what their color of skin, what their social background are. I treat everybody the same respect. I treat um, everybody the way I like to be treated. And a little story I'll tell you, uh, Prashant, um, because many of your listeners here may not um, understand what i went through i was born in singapore i was a minority in singapore so imagine the majority of the population were chinese 75% mm. so i was an indian um, boy um, and i'm dark my, my color of my skin if you can see i'm i'm dark skinned i mm. was very conscious of my skin so you know when you grow up in the kind of environment especially as a minority Secondly, you're dark skin because everybody thinks if you're fair skin means you're probably cleverer or whatever this is. Mm-hmm. I felt very conscious. Uh, in school, people made fun of my color. Um, when I went to the um, army, military, all that, people made fun of my color and all that, as though my color defined who I am. Mm-hmm. I became conscious. Uh, I had this minority mindset. And when you when you're a minority, um, you either adapt or you rebel. I chose mm-hmm. to adapt to the sun, but the consciousness was always in my mind. and that itself sort of strengthened me that um, i shouldn't treat people like that mm. so as i was going on my career and all that i always remember my days when i was growing up and i was the butt of um, uh, jokes about my color my skin uh, or my father's um, my family's social background my father was a security guard so uh, my father's social background and and i remember me and my family members the nine of us we lived in a two bedroom uh, flat um, government flat in uh, singapore nine of us um in squeeze into that two bedroom of about 700 square feet and and we had only one uh, toilet there today i have a house which have more than one toilet but i remember in those days in uh, back in the 70s and 60s nine of us waiting for our turn to use one toilet what i learned from there was patience <laughs> it's your time it's your time to go you you go and you finish and your next person goes there but what I grew up in that environment about um I mean we are uh, not we are not rich um there um we grew up in that environment because there's only the 
breadwinner or nine of us supporting nine of us and um, so i understood what it means mm. um, not up there in, in as, as a, somebody is uh, seen in a very positive way um, because of my social own social background um, the, but uh, like i said the uh, color of my skin and uh, people mm. making fun of me in school and making fun of me in school and all that but i became conscious but i used that to my strength mm. that became my strength because today i understand what diversity and inclusivity is all about i absolutely understand i champion it i'm part of the council uh, in my uh, company i champion it uh, I, i i believe that everybody must be treated equally and i leaders must champion it leaders out there let me tell you this it is not a tick in the box it is real mm. people have to be treated the way that they should be rightfully treated and as a leader you have to lead by example you have to talk the talk you have to walk the talk you have mm. to be talking about it and show it in your day to day interactions with all your team members mm. that's the people believe that you truly believe in diversity and inclusivity you like the little story <laughs> yes yes definitely and you know it's it's very important for us to understand mm-hmm. where does the person come from and that makes things very real mm-hmm. now because of the experiences that you have been through is why you understand the importance of it and you are able to inculcate it right yeah. and in the end uh, you also gave some tips to the leaders that you know they need to walk the talk they need to talk the talk which means not every leader would probably go through the experiences or such experiences that you have gone through that does not mean you don't give it the due importance mm. treating everybody equally respecting everybody's opinions because they think differently they do things differently is what brings in the strength into the organization so that mm. that thought process of respecting everyone is is, is very very important uh, giving an honest ear to everybody to what they are trying to say uh, also becomes very very important now uh, jaira the question that comes into my mind when i talk about diversity and inclusion because there is a question of uh, that has also come on the chat is does gender really interfere in becoming an effective and efficient leader so there are a lot of conversations that happen about uh, you know genders and how it is not very balanced when it comes to leadership even in terms of positions and also in terms of taking people seriously when they are in that positions so do you think you know is is there bias that you have noticed and what has your experience been look um firstly answer is no the short answer is no absolutely not um, anybody can become a leader um it doesn't matter uh, to be a leader you have to be a human being okay to be leader people firstly you have to be a human being period right anybody can be a leader uh, many of you all um have gone to school have you seen that person uh, when somebody is playing somebody will take charge Say, let's play this game or let's do this mm. um it can be either a male or a female mm. for me mm. my greatest leader for me my my mentor my 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 role model is my mother uh, it's my mother uh, who's my greatest role model of a leader why because look at everybody as um how do you multitask you know many of our I'm asking specific. I'm answering this specifically because the question asked by lady. So I'm assuming she, the question is: It's not about gender. Can women become effective leaders? I I just interpreting the question mm. again, right? Mm. That's how I'm interpreting. I'm I'm saying, look, anybody can become a leader, and more so, women can become very effective leaders as well. Why? Because you play multiple roles in your life. Whether you're a sister, whether you're a spouse, whether you're a child, I mean, a, a daughter. um 
you, uh, then you um, come to work and then you when you finish work sometimes to go back and cook uh, you have to prepare your kids you have to your kids you are preparing your school sometimes you doing tuition my god the multiple role you are a multifaceted person and all that mm-hmm. is leadership right that is leadership for you uh, leaders out there whether you uh, if you think you uh, and I'm talking to both um, genders here if you think you don't have leadership uh, qualities go and write down journal everything you do on a daily basis hmm. you will find that you are doing uh, leading if you are a father if you are a mother you are a leader you are a leader you are, the question is are you an effective leader or efficient leader i think that's the question effective right? hmm. effective and efficient is a definition that you have to decide what makes you are uh, effective and efficient hmm. if you're working in an organization are you contributing to the outcome that you have been given that makes you effective but that itself i don't see linked so much to leadership you can have a leadership quality uh, so let's talk about leadership quality because most executives you are efficient and effective in uh, meeting your kpis hmm. not to be effective leader ask yourself this question and this is something that 20 years ago somebody asked me this question i'm asking you the same question when you leave your organization tomorrow Hmm. Will be missed. Hmm. Ask yourself this question: When you leave your organization tomorrow, I say I quit. Will you be missed? Hmm. If your answer is yes, you are doing a damn uh, good job. That people will miss you. Of course, there will be people who say uh, people are indispensable. You can be replaced. Yes, you will be replaced. Somebody will come in and uh, replace you. That goes without saying. Organizations are like that. But will you be missed? But well, people mm. still talk about your style, to mm. talk about your leadership style, the way you led them, the way you mm. spoke to them, the way you made them feel comfortable in your presence. Um, people cannot replicate that. People can replicate mm. KPIs. People can replicate uh, objectives. People can deliver results, but not many people can deliver the feelings that you make others feel about you. Mm. And that I think makes a very effective and efficient leader. Anybody can deliver results, my friend, but very few. can make you miss them when you leave an organization uh, or even when you're no longer in a leadership role ask yourself that is what efficiency and effectiveness is all about delivering mm. results and getting things done i tell you anybody can do it there's not there's no gender thing but is a feeling of warmth feeling of making you feel inclusive making you feel um, part of the team um, very few leaders can actually do that you do that you'll be effective and you'll be efficient but people will work for you because they love you um, and they will they'll make you look good today i'm here where i am not because i'm good you know my strength is the way i take care of the people they make me look good if i'm if i'm invited here by prashant to talk about leadership it's not that i'm a damn outstanding leader no my team members make me outstanding hmm. you don't go around telling everybody you're a leader i don't go around telling everybody leader my team members say i'm a leader hmm. and that's what it is all about it's not about you saying you're a leader it's not about you saying how good you are is how good people say you are and that's mm. what effective and efficient so no gender is not a criteria for leadership position in the first place because every one of us capable of becoming a leader and it is not a criteria for effectiveness and efficiency if anybody tells you that tell them you're absolutely wrong and prove to them that you know what it, you have what it takes well said jayraj well said and you know i think <laughs> of course and you know i think the answer goes in goes in two different parallels one if you are 
you know someone who is facing this bias right now if you're feeling that in your organization one you need to tell yourself that it does not matter i will show it through my actions through my way of doing things through a way of being i will soar through taking that example you know taking yes. soar here i will use soar and i will soar through and actually prove that gender does not matter if you're going through that bias at this point of time second uh, talking it very realistically yes do does the bias exist i'm sure it does exist a yes. lot of organizations yes. yes it does people might not talk about it a lot but there is an undercurrent that flows in the organizations as well so that is where the second parallel comes into picture that everybody else who is biased towards genders irrespective of what gender it is and thinking that okay this gender cannot hold a leadership position because of these 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 reasons it's very important for them to listen to what you said that gender does not matter what leadership actually is is how you hold yourself how you hold your people accountable your service mindset your ownership your action orientation your relationship and in that we never spoke about gender so how the hell does the gender matter so it's important for people who are going through the bias to understand this that it does not matter do hell with it and just prove myself and go out there not even proving myself going out there and being my best the journey will take care of itself and people who are actually by creating that bias it's important for them to understand that you're creating an indifference in the organization which has no place and no logic behind it anybody can become a leader anyone can perform well anyone can lead people anyone can lead an organization so i think that was very vital uh, in what you said uh, jairaj in both ways people going through the bias experiencing it and people who are actually creating that bias both need to listen to what you said very carefully and over the course of my 30 years of experience and like i say i worked across the world some of the best leaders i've seen were not men hmm. And, hmm okay so let me be very clear with you so gender doesn't really matter absolutely it does not great i hope that answered your uh, question uh, neha kiran thank you so much for asking that uh, question now moving forward uh, the third question that i have in my mind is again on your experience now that mm-hmm. you have 30 years of experience you told us about what journey you went through in your personal life and then how your professional life started now one element as a person keeping the leadership position aside keeping you know everything aside that you have achieved through over the years as a person just as jaira shanmugam have there been times when you have experienced doubts where you are like you know probably i am not enough i will not be able to do it this is not me what will people think and this is in your journey so far and do you still experience doubts today after becoming who you are today so you know two parallels to this question as well and how do you handle it the answer is yes do i have <laughs> self doubts do i have self doubts every day uh, can i do this can i i am i am i good enough to do this these are questions i ask myself because it is not about um, um and i don't think it's negative because many people are driven by to chase success many people are driven to chase success which is um, i i've seen that when people ask me um, what drives you what drives me is a fear of failure all right, right? okay uh, so i have this even as as growing up as a growing up see i i, I told you right um, uh, i came from a family um, we um i won't say we were in poverty but we we didn't really have that ne- necessary luxury trappings of life that uh, i saw my my friends or my cousins all having it for me i didn't want to end up like that hmm 
I needed to make sure. Because for me, if I if I had to end up like that, I'm a failure, and mm. that drove me. And a, and a thing about this is that okay, because I didn't want to fail, I I make sure that I put in the extra uh, to become extraordinary. So every time something new comes out, if uh, can I do it? I always have a self doubt, and then the first question is, can I do it? Am I good enough? The answer will be um, maybe not, but this is what you can do. So I have mm. the two voices in my head. The first one it says, um, "Are you sure you can do this? This is not you." The second voice will say, "Yes, I agree with him, but I think this is what you can do to overcome that." Mm. I think having self doubt is normal. Every one of us mm. has self doubts about our abilities. No matter how successful we become, we still come back to square one. Even in my recent role and all that. Um, When I left Jet Airways, Jet Airways closed down, so I was out of a job for about six months. Um, for the first time in almost 25 years of working, I was suddenly out of a job hmm. because the company suddenly closed down, right? Uh, so there was no preparation for me to look at another job because I thought I'll finish um, my work in um, the company and I'm done with it. Suddenly, just like that, overnight, I became unemployed. Hmm. Uh, it was a shock to the system. It was shocked to the confidence, and six months um, I had applied for jobs. The same thing. I had some um, um, jobs um, application. Some people said, "No, you're too experienced. Or, you're very good, but you're too experienced." Rejection. When people only reject you, they can reject you multiple ways, right? So I faced rejection for that uh, six months, uh, and my confidence began to dip. Mm. So, uh, the self doubt came in. Uh, you think uh, you can get a job? Possible, and I, mm. and, and the thing is, I I was being interviewed by people who are much younger than I am, and they felt a bit uncomfortable uh, interviewing me. I remember this particular interview of this chief marketing officer, but she's uh, what some ten years younger than me, and she felt very bad interviewing me for a role, right? But she said, "I look, I cannot, you know, I I feel uh, I, I, me interviewing you and all that." So th- those kind of um, and so the self doubt began to creep in, mm. but I never lost hope. Self doubts will come, hmm. but don't lose hope. That's the thing. Always fall back on your strengths. My son always tells me. Um, my son Arun, he's uh, studying, and he always tells me, you know, whenever you lose hope, he tells me. In fact, um, he talks to me a lot because he knows the self doubts that I go through sometimes, even at my work or even uh, there's one couple of years ago in 2016, uh, I wasn't in the C-suite lab yet. And um, and the C-suite role opened up, and then he asked me, Dad, why don't you uh, apply for it? First thing I said, I'm not sure I'm good enough. I never saw myself in that role. I'm I'm good at what I do, um, but I don't see myself in that. Say, say, what what is the worst thing can happen to you? They can tell you no. You know, and then that's it. You must learn to accept rejection. So mm. don't have self doubt. Just give it a shot. If it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. You go back to the drawing board. But if you have self doubts. You'll find that um, you will not even make the first step. So, answer to your question: Yes, I have self doubts all the time because I have a fear of failure. But I also have a voice in my head saying that, yes, you are probably inadequate in this area, but this is what you can do to make yourself adequate and go forward again. So, all leaders uh, they now admit it because we have to come across as being confident. It's mm-hmm. like a movie, right? Uh, it's like a movie. Uh, actors, uh, celebrities. In real life, they're different. When they come on screen, it's a screen image. So a lot of us mm. leaders are like that. 
we have a screen image we have an image that we have to run. so we have to come across as being very confident uh, no self doubts uh, true belief in our capabilities but believe me i can tell you everyone of you i have no fellow leaders i know people like me a lot of them are like me we have our self doubts we have our sometimes deep in confidence uh, we have our setbacks we have a problem with rejection right but how do we overcome it this one mm. thing you want to learn from me is prepare prepare and prepare if you have a self doubt yourself then prepare yourself no to overcome that whatever thing you, you're missing today mm. uh, i was telling person he told me to log in at about 10:45 is it 10:45 no told me log in at 10:45 i asked you for 10:45 yes. uh, 10:45 which is about 15 minutes before uh, it started because i was doing this for the first time with uh, prashan because the first time i'm doing a podcast is someone a host like this i logged in one hour earlier because i didn't want to spend the 15 minutes and thing fails and my very first attempt at speaking to him starts late and i disappoint people who, who logged in on time so i started one year one hour earlier and if you go to my linkedin page you'll see my banner it says don't be ordinary because mm-hmm. the, the the thing about ordinary and extraordinary is the word extra and doing the extra believe me when i tell you it doesn't take a lot mm. it doesn't take a lot i can tell you i came i'm a very ordinary person as ordinary as can be and i know what i'm talking about because i know myself better than anybody else mm. but i always did a little extra to be noticed by my bosses to be noticed by my peers to be noticed by people to take notice to be noticed when i say don't be ordinary in my uh, i'm like a father telling my son or telling uh, kids around the world why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary and i'm mm. telling you now that extra does not take too much effort think about it think about what i told you about so uh, think about what i've uh, spoken to you uh, you find that no big deal you too can be um, you can grow in a career uh, you can develop you can be whoever you want to be self doubt mm. or no self doubts don't let your self doubt stop you that's the message i have for you thank you prashant thank you, thank you jayraj uh, so things that that are coming into my mind now that are staying with me are one you spoke about fear of failure you know how you channelize fear of failure to work in your favor rather than it actually working against you a lot of people actually you know let fear of failure go against them and the reason they don't act the reason they don't move forward they don't actually jump in where they know they should is because of fear of failure but what i what i find found very useful and interesting in what you said is how you channelize that same fear saying that you know i'm not fighting that fear but i'm going to channel it in a way where it actually pushes me to actually prepare 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 it pushes me to question what are my strengths what are my areas of weaknesses what do i need to work on that i am going to jump in and i am going to take that action and i liked what your son said that you know what's the worst that can happen you know the, the most what will happen they'll say no or they will reject you that's all that can happen right so go and jump in just prepare yeah. Yeah. that was very interesting and uh, then we moved on and spoke about the four uh, letter word which damn powerful which is hope mm-hmm. uh, we should never lose hope a uh, lot of people look at hope as not very hopeful but uh, hope is very powerful if we if we look at things positively that it can turn in my favor and not only focus on rejection and focus mm-hmm. on saying that i am preparing 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 so there are chances that i will get through it and that's my hope and that's what pushes me to prepare more so that's very powerful that you said uh which was hope uh, then we moved on and uh, in the last you said something interesting again uh what what did you say in the end 
we are a failure you spoke about hope and uh, doubt. everybody everybody has self doubts yes you said everybody has doubts and they will remain with you they will continue to be with you irrespective of what positions you carry mm-hmm. and you spoke about the screen image that a person carries that if i am at a designation as a role there is a role that i am playing so a lot of readers carry that screen image where they would seem like they have everything under control and they are act like action heroes who can take on anything but the truth is they're also going through their own journey of self doubt their own journey of questions that they're asking themselves mm-hmm. but because they have understood how to handle it they have understood how to channelize their fear because they are hopeful because they are preparing and they're working on their weaknesses and going ahead and taking that action is why you see them as superhuman otherwise yeah. that ordinary and extraordinary that you said what they're doing is just that little extra there is yeah. nothing else that they're doing just that little extra and so, um, like yeah. just sorry for interrupting but one of the things i say leaders when you see leaders they are like, like ducks in the water they do look very calm and serene mm-hmm. but if you go below they are paddling like crazy right yes. so leaders are like that right you, you you have to give that image there but the, that paddling is actually all the self doubts fear of rejection fear of failure that is the paddling the ducks are doing but up above what what you see is that very serene ducks are just floating in the water and that's what leadership is all about great that that definitely brings in a lot of strength to anyone who is who has just joined an organization or if you're looking to be a leader or if you are in a position where you're looking to make a career change or you're looking to move up the levels in your organization and you're doubting yourself that you know I don't think I'm ready to take that who am I to take up that position there are so many doubts that I'm going through it's good to know from an extremely senior and experienced leader that leaders at this this level also go through those doubts so what you're going through is normal that's just about being human now what you need to do is shift your perspective that you know how do you use your fears to actually push you forward rather than pull you down how do you actually look at hope rather than that fear of rejection and how do you actually work on your weaknesses prepare 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 and go and jump in and see what happens because doubt will never go but you can yeah. change the way that you relate with doubt i think that can be changed so uh on that note jairaj uh, it was a wonderful conversation that we had today thank uh, you very interesting pointers that you brought through right from soar uh, which we spoke about should be a concept that everybody should listen into when it comes to leadership and apply it in any area of life very powerful then you moved on and spoke about diversity and inclusion of how a leader should talk the talk should walk the talk the gender does not matter who you are your color your race your religion does not matter you're there for a role your capabilities matter what you bring to the table matters so if you're somebody who is going through that kind of a bias it's important for you to break free and just go and give out your best and if there is somebody who has that bias in their mind for others let that bias go break it down because it's not serving you it's not serving your people well it's not helping anybody because it's an unnecessary bias it holds no validation no importance at all and then we moved on to understanding doubts you will always have them throughout your life irrespective of what position you are in what age you are in but how you deal with it how you move from fear to hope how you actually prepare and still jump in and take that action is what will matter and get you results and take you from ordinary to extraordinary so that's how i would sum up our conversation uh, today jairaj so before yeah. we say goodbye to you for today uh, is there anything else that you would like to add uh, as an ending comment Uh, no i think thank you for the opportunity uh, prashan like i said this is first time i got on a podcast with uh, somebody i like the camera shy um, again you uh, earlier i said right um, jiraj you have done so much you have reached that level you are still camera shy 
it is because at the end of the day no matter who you are there is that person inside you who's a real person sometimes a person doesn't come out absolutely because it's all a facade right uh, but my advice to all of you is that um, every one of you can be a leader um, be human uh, care for others um, don't judge people you don't know the journeys that people are going through so don't judge them um, don't have prejudice and if you are biased about somebody um, ask yourself why you're biased don't forget if you're biased about somebody it's actually your problem not that person's problem right so something wrong with you not with that person very often we externalize no something wrong with the other person no if you think somebody is doing something wrong with you how you are looking at it and my final point uh, to every one of you and prashan uh, thank you for this is that always remember everybody is entitled to their perception because for them their perception is the truth hmm. and if you want to know what if somebody once asked me jeeraj what is your superpower if you were a superpower what is your superpower my superpower is the ability to see things from the other person's point of view hmm. i'm always able to put myself in another person's shoes and look at things from their point of view and that i think is the success of my leadership and why i think i've been a successful leader the ability to discard my own perception and see things from the other person's point of view if you can if, if you have ignored whatever i said uh, throughout this uh, one hour just remember this develop the ability to see things from another person's point of view whether it's your colleague or your spouse because also it also is important relationships right i've been married for 30 over years i have a very good um, uh, relationship i'm happily married why because very early i developed in a relationship uh, firstly it's a relationship of equals my wife is my equal she's not better than me but hmm. right? she's equal and i'm able to see things from her point of view whenever we have an argument where we have son i ask myself why she saying it so i go to her side and look at that and i hone mm. the skills by dealing my wife in mm. terms of work and all that so always learn to look at things from other person's point of view uh, you'll be surprised at what you find you'll be surprised at what an effective leader you will be thank you very much absolutely jadash wonderful pointers and thank you so much once again for being here thank and you know thank you very much see you then have a good weekend come online live so thank you so much for doing that with us on our show and bringing so many learnings to all of us thanks again and thank, thank you, you everyone who is watching this show today thank you so much as always for your love for your respect that you actually give us through the time that you give us on the show and everybody who is watching it in recording uh, thank you so much for your time once again and as i always promise that i will keep coming back to you every weekend and i'll try to bring in different perspectives from people who have seen life who have seen leadership and who can bring out something which can change our lives to change the way we are being the change the way that we are doing things on that promise i wish you a very happy weekend a very happy basant panchmi for everyone in india you have a great weekend i'll see you next saturday at 11 am with another amazing guest take thank care thank you very much thank you jairaj bye